I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? I knew I had to get that one in there for you. Uh, look, this is the Full Tail Dynasty podcast. We're back. It's all three of us. Uh, I mean, for as long as we can make it, my cat's making an appearance right now. <laughs> so he's just hanging out, tail hanging. This is how we're rolling. But look, we're back. It's myself, host of the most Thomas Hands, Thomas Simple FF. It is my main mate over there, FF underscore RTDB, and the big boy, Big Billy FF down there, back again. Hoping my cat doesn't turn off my mixer. Uh, oh, great. What, what a moment. He's hunting something at the moment. But look, it's the playoff pandemic. Both of those statements are accurate. It is the fantasy playoffs, and uh, the NFL is getting skewered by the uh, aforementioned pandemic. So, guys... How today? Look, today's show is going to be a little wild if I can't get this cat under <laughs> control right now. But uh, he's cool. He's just hanging out. Don't knock my drink over, please, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> look, we some of us made the playoffs. Some of us didn't. We were in a lot of leagues. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to think about. But what we're going to do today? Today's whole exercise is going to be based on how did we get there, and how did we fail ourselves. Uh, we give advice as best as we can. Big Billy down here was the best analyst uh, analyst of the group here. He won every game, every contest, all the I appreciate play. the quotations on he, that. He, he, we're not analysts. We're, you know, I, I just crack know. jokes. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what we do. But uh, at the same time, we also uh, either don't follow our own advice ever or it just doesn't look like we do because we missed uh, quite a bit. And then we've got um, – we're going to go through uh, some sauce. We're going to go through um, a little a little thing at the end here you're going to enjoy. Look, today we got Billy's stat corner, right? That's coming back. <laughs> and he's right oh, at a corner today. He's literally <laughs> – Oh, I can get corner. further. If I right. like sit back, I'm just <laughs> – uh look it's always it's always tough when you get a week like this like this week has been an actual nightmare for news so i don't think we're gonna sit here and go over everything uh, that's like a, 78 players it's a bad week it's like, it's rough boys. yeah if you, First if, you, if, you off, if you play for the rams the football team or the browns uh you are probably on the covid reserve list if you play for the lions at least a 20% chance. Um, ever, everyone else, 15 to 10% chance. It got to the point where I have, I have Schefter and both 
uh, NFL updates, Twitter notifications on my phone. So mm-hmm. I'll get notified every time. And occasionally I'll get them back to back and it's just the exact <laughs> same update. Yeah. Um, it got to the point where I got so many, I had to like go through and check which ones were individualized. Uh. <laughs> so it was just like player after player after player on COVID IR. Brutal. Like it's just brutal. Like, it is insane. And a lot of like huge players too. Like which team was it where just their entire offense is on? Well, the Brent, the Browns are are gotten crushed. I think the most. Like they they've got Hunt who well, probably wouldn't have played anyway. Just talk about and just talk about how they got their game pushed back when the other team doesn't have an outbreak. That should be a forfeit. But the NFL is giving the Browns a chance because. I mean, yeah, they, it, they, it's saving pay for the players. That's what's important. If it got canceled, I think they forfeit their playoffs, pay. baby. So it, it well, it's truly crazy what's going on with the Browns. Like they they lost um, Baker, of course, and then then Keenum set the start. Then they lose Baker him. Doesn't so matter. They're, so they're down to Mullins, uh, and then you know they lose Hunt, who again probably wasn't going to play anyway with the ankle injury, but certainly not going to play now. Uh, who else did they lose? They lost Hooper to COVID. They got Njoku back off of COVID list. Their I mean, entire O line. Their entire yeah, three other starting O linemen. I mean, the only guys who they seemingly have are the ones who already missed time with COVID, like Chubb and Njoku, who were on the COVID list earlier this year. Now they're off, so presumably they can't get it a second time. I I'm, I might be spewing misinformation here, but oh, I no. heard that apparently, um, I, no. I heard that if you if you get COVID and then you come off the COVID list, then you don't get tested for 90 days afterwards, which might be why Chubb is actually able to play this week. <laughs> um, oh my God. That, that's something that I've heard. So I, I don't know if that's hundred percent correct. But. That's, I, a, that's, that's nuts. Th- this is like, we had a crazy year last year. Like there was the infamous Broncos game where they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, I think the game. Washington football team almost had that happen this week. Like I think they were yeah. pretty close. They're but, underplayed because it's mostly been on defense and the O line, so there hasn't been as many fantasy pieces. But oh I mean, my gosh, down, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and that's uh, recent. But I don't know if he was going to play anyway either. He seemed hurt too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's so. Who is it? Garrett Gilbert, that guy who started for Dallas last is year. Was it Kyle down. Allen, is, or is Kyle Allen on the list? Gilbert Kyle, just got signed. I think Kyle Allen got put on IR. I think oh my god, or something. Really? Like it's getting to a point where some of these, some of the guys playing, this is going to be like a CFL roster. Like, oh yeah, it's gonna look. It's like a CFL game because in the CFL, if you don't know, uh, shout out Blue Bombers, back to back Grey Cup champs here in Winnipeg. Shout out um, the home of uh, Chris Reveler, if you didn't know. Um, look, it <laughs> you you look at the depth charts every week in the CFL game, and you probably don't know who half of the people are that are playing because it just changes, and that's what I feel like we're in for. And if you know a fantasy football commissioner, uh, give them a fucking break. Uh, this week is hell for all of them, all of us. All three of us are commissioners. We try not to be dirtbags and like allow people to use subs. Can we be patient? Like I know it's the playoffs, but just be patient with everyone. There's lots of leagues, lots happening. Just be patient, chill. Uh, but the way it looks right now, boys, we're going to have football every day of the week next week, except for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty fun. We got we got like four days of football in a row. Yeah, it's gonna be actually insane. We Is get, there any news that's not COVID related that you want to talk about? Yeah, before, actually, before we get into the Kansas City Chiefs game last night. Yeah, um, I think 
let's let's talk about the what's going on with the Cardinals. I think they're a fascinating uh, team mm. in all formats. Mm. So, for, of course, big injury news: uh, DeAndre Hopkins out for That's at least boy, the rest Bryce. of the regular season. And then there was a subsequent report that it sounds like he'll also be out for the entirety of the postseason, um, looking at a two to four month recovery. So yeah, no more Hopkins. Uh, rough, rough call on the last pod on my, on my part. So then the other news is apparently uh, the running back position, Chase Hedmonds, if anything, is their healthiest back right now. James Conner, legitimately questionable this, this week, although it sounds like he's gearing more likely to play. Chase Edmonds, from what I've read from beat reports, has been practicing in full all week. Everyone fully expects him to be ready to go this week. So you're going to get the backfield back with Edmonds and probably Conner. And then wide receiver room now, I mean – Kyler Murray has been passing for a lot of yards this year when he's been healthy, frankly, passing for more yards than he's running for, really. Uh, and then you're going to get the situation where it's going to be Green, Kirk, Rondale Moore, and Anton Wesley, the French film critic, uh, and, of course, Zach Ertz. I mean, I, I, I was doing these playoff drafts, and Connor goes early, but Chase Edmonds goes quite late, despite, I mean, I don't know if people just think that his role is not going to be... Yeah, I'm an underdog. Of course, I'm doing oh best ball Anyway, uh, this man some help. Look, here, look at this guy, <laughs> backwards hat and all. He's all DFS. Look, I, I honestly think what's this Cardinal situation is interesting because you know, like, do do people think a based on what people think about this? A they might just think that the Cardinals suck without Hopkins because no one's drafting Kirk Green, Ertz, or Rondale high like at all. Um, Rondale shouldn't be drafted. Or B. Like, uh, what's going on with the running backs? Because, you know, like, Evans is playing this week. Um, at the very least, next week, he'll certainly be playing in the playoffs. Do people think this is just Connor's backfield now and it's not going to look similar to what it was early in the season? I mean, my, my take is that, uh, is, is that it's going to probably look pretty similar to what it was earlier in the season at the running back position. And then from you the wide receiver perspective. Connor, though. No, but, I mean, why, why would it be different? Because Connor's looked fantastic as a receiver. Like, amazing yeah he's looked fine i mean but like he hasn't looked all that great as a rusher i mean he's been under four yards per carry in almost all the starts like do why why would Edmonds just not exist i'm not saying he won't exist i'm just saying i think it'll be i think it'll be more 50 50 than than before and i can see it being 60 40 connor when my fear is that if Edmonds isn't getting the passing down work and he isn't getting the goal line work that's Pretty yeah. bad for Edmonds. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to get the goal line work. He didn't get it before, but I, I would be very surprised if Connor got the the pass down work. I, I mean, I I just like in, when they were. Both I think playing, there's a there's there's a perception that James Connor's not a good like as good a pass catcher as as Edmonds, but he definitely has been. He's definitely. fine, but. I just don't know why they'd use them differently. I mean, early in the season, Chase Edmonds was like lapping the field with James Conner from an efficiency perspective, rushing wise. They still use James Conner as their predominant goal line back. That's the role they saw them in. Like, I, was that rational coaching? I, I don't know. I don't think so, but that was probably what we expected to see. And it was certainly going to continue. Um, do I expect them to, like, is Conner better than Edmonds in the past game? I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's much worse. I, I think Edmonds is quite a good, running back in the past game and Connor is very serviceable in that regard. But do I think that they're just going to give it to Connor now when they weren't before? I, I really don't. I think like most of the time that we've seen when these running backs get injured and come back, it's kind of how it was before. Like I remember we had this conversation with Herbert where it's like, Oh my God, has Herbert looked so good that he's going to have a role when Montgomery comes back. And 
absolutely not. Um, you know, is 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 Daryl Williams now the starter in Kansas City? No, he's not. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying Connor's going to be useless. He wasn't useless when Edmonds was playing. He's, he's going to still have the goal end role. He's still going to get yeah. a ton of carries. I, I just I don't think that Edmonds is going to be marginalized. I think he's going to have the role that he had before, which is not a great role, but it's a role. No, I don't think he's dirt. I think it's more just going into the season. A lot of people thought that it was going to be Edmonds and then Connor one, a one B. And I think now it might've just flipped. Like I, I, I think I if think Connor so. is anything, he's reliable. Like that's, that's yeah. just who he is. And which is crazy to talk about this dude who every time he got tackled last year, we spent the entire time going, Oh, is this the one? But I mean, that's what he's been. He's, you, Put him out there. He's going to get you two and a half to four and a half yards each time. James Conner is going to score you 10 to 12 points a game at this point. And at, at this point, that's all you need. They don't have a great, <clears throat> excuse me. They don't have a great schedule though. And I want to point that out. Yeah, they had Detroit. It's going to look great because it's Detroit, whatever. But they have Indy and then Dallas. Um, That's not going to be fun. so good. Kyler Murray without Hopkins hasn't been fantastic throughout his career as a quarterback, obviously rushing and, you know, the rushing touchdowns and the, the Cardinals defenses getting turnovers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's been great putting him close. That's good and all, but Deandre Hopkins was his red zone force fed target. He's not there. Uh, and his efficiency when Hopkins was out of the game in the last game that we saw him against the Rams was not great. He, he threw, he, he probably had three picks that he threw directly to a defender, dropped or hit him in the chest, right? And then he lofted that one to, I think it was, I can't remember, Floyd, I think, just lofted it to him. Then he had the other one that was tipped at the goal line. I want to know how this offense is going to work without DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's going to be a lot of A.J. Green. I don't sure. think people want to accept that, but I think that's what it's going to be, and I think that's going to be good. I think I think Kyler Murray is expected to be like the number one guy from here out, and I just don't think you can have that. Maybe he can have that just on volume, but I see a few more turnovers and like a couple of bad games coming in week sixteen and seventeen. I do. Well, let, let's get these official takes on the record. So, rest of season here on out, more PPR points. Um, first, we'll do the running backs, and then I want to do the pass catchers. Connor or Edmonds? Connor. Connor. Edmonds for sure for me, uh, and then pass catchers. Connor's who would you score. take most most PPR points of these pass catchers? Uh, AJ Green. Green, Kirk, Ertz, Wesley, and more. Ertz. I'll take Green. And I'll take Kirk. There <laughs> we go. All right. <laughs> we got a so point. I is, just think it's Ertz because I think Ertz is going to be the most. No idea gonna happen. This fucking I think. I, so here, here, I'll, I'll even talk about mine. I think Ertz is going to be the most fine because I think when it comes to the red zone, I think he's going to fill that void, and I think he's going to be the most consistent since he's been there. He's been uh, he's been targeted. It's it's been great for him. I never want to trust AJ Green, and I'll never trust Christian Kirk ever, literally ever. Um, and that's fine. And Rondale, look, when they look, when they actually start using Rondale as more than a left and right option, uh, I'm gonna be maybe a little bit happy. But I said this in the Slack, Rondale Moore's been purely disappointing from a fantasy standpoint, and I don't think DeAndre Hopkins being out is really going to help no. him. So um I don't think so either. I, I, don't, I, Connor, don't think I think Connor's gonna score. I think when they get into the five and he runs those wildcat packages and 
and whatnot. He's going to get enough PPR points on top of the touchdowns. That's that's why I think uh, that's going to do it for me. Uh, Billy? Oh, I said green. I, like, I, I think A.J. Green, he fills into that role a lot better than Ertz. I mean, Ertz is Ertz, but he's also a tight end. Like, if you're looking for that outside kind of guy – who has shown that he does still have a little bit of that old juice. I think it's AJ green and Kirk has had his moments this year, but he just, I, I don't think it's happening for him as the guy in the NFL. Uh, Rondale's a gadget guy like that's and until they start using him. Otherwise I'm going to be disappointed on that. I, I just think it's, I think it's the simplest answer is the right one. It's AJ green. I, I agree with both of you on Rondell. I don't think he gets affected at all. They're going to put Anton Wesley uh, on the outside on like 75% of the routes. And he's probably going to get targeted on like 5% of them because he's Anton Wesley. Uh, I, I think I think the reason why Green is not the guy is, is for exactly what Billy said. I think he's the one who's going to have to step into the Hopkins role. And I think that Green has benefited from seeing just an inordinate amount of single coverage this year. I mean, you get... Hopkins on the outside is always going to demand the top outside corner from the other team. He's going to demand the bracket and it puts green in a really advantageous position. I think with Hopkins out green is going to end up absorbing a lot of the top boundary coverage. And so I think that the more advantageous matchups end up flowing towards Ertz and Kirk who will be playing inside, uh, you know, and then Wesley just isn't very good. So I, that, that's sort of why I think Kirk and Ertz are the guys I prefer than green. I think I like green better with Hopkins there taking coverage away um, but if green can actually beat his guy consistently, then, then certainly, you know, he has an option. I just like, think of the Dallas game, right? It's like, if Hawkins is healthy, who's Trayvon Diggs covering, he's covering Deandre Hopkins, right. And then green gets to play against Anthony Brown. Now, like is Trayvon Diggs going to play in the slot where Kirk is or Ertz? Probably not. He's probably going to play against green on the outside. And well, so, they move him you know, around too. Yeah. So Trayvon think, moves around a lot. I think Trayvon I mean, is not the best. Yeah. He's just going to play on the best. Whoever they're scripting to take away on that play is, I think, who he's going right. to be covering. But, like, I, I, I see your point. I just think Kirk is, is more reliant on those bomb throws than than not. That's all. That's it. I mean, if he hits yeah, one of sure. those, he probably outscores all the other ones anyway. So if he hits mm-hmm. one fifty yarder, there it is. You, you've won the bet for a week. So, yeah. Okay, look, um, guys, uh, we're going to do Billy Stat Corner, and then we'll talk about the Chiefs. So when we come back, we're going to walk through Billy <laughs> Stat Corner. Look, Billy has destroyed us for the year, so I'm no longer keeping track at this point. We will reboot into next season. But for now, when you come back, if you haven't played Billy's Stat Corner with us before, I'm going to go over that. Don't stress. It's okay if you're new here. We won't make fun of you much. And then when we – yeah, we'll get through that. And Just sit tight. We'll be back. <laughs> Okay, we got Jacob here with me. If you haven't played Billy's Stat Corner, this is how it goes. Billy is the uh, random stat extraordinaire. The man knows that is, what I do. that is exactly what he does. You can catch him on Twitter posting, asking about random players. I picked Lavernius Coles today. I think a player that, was a that good people one. don't. I don't mm-hmm. think people. Uh, he was traded for Santana Moss like two or three separate times. Like it was just the 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 football team and the Jets just hilarious with those two. Jacob gave me a good one today. Yep. Yeah, Marlon Jackson, Jackson. Very good. Um, I figured it look, was fitting with uh, the Colts' fats to win tomorrow. <laughs> Billy has a question. Jacob and I are going to have three strikes to guess it. We get one hint. So, Billy, please, what's the question today? All right. Do we have a chance? 
I think I'll leave with that. I, I think y'all I think y'all have a good chance. I mean, no. I usually say that, but that I, I think no. this one you might have a better one than I usually give you. Valdez so the, I'm glad last night's game went this way because oh, that great. helps with this case. So I picked this question initially because Kelsey had fallen out of the number one overall tight end. And historically, Travis Kelsey has been the number one overall tight end for like 12 years now. Um, take. So here's the question. Really okay. simple, straightforward one. Who were the last three tight ends to finish within 25 points of Travis Kelsey at the end of the year? Okay, last three tight ends to finish within 25 points of Kelsey? At the end of the year. Okay, so this is this is in relation to I imagine any any time potentially between twenty what is it fourteen and twenty nineteen any time that he was the number one tight end. Okay, which is so twenty nineteen oh three. Yeah. yeah <laughs> How old is Kelsey? Okay. Yeah. It's only thirty two. Come on. Um, okay. Out of the womb with a football. Within twenty five points. Yep. Okay. So within so, a really good week for a tight end. So last, so last year Waller did well, but Kelsey was so ridiculous last year. I don't think anyone was within twenty five. Well, Kittle in two thousand and nineteen had to have, didn't he finish his yeah, tight end too? Uh, probably Kittle in twenty nineteen is a good Kelsey guess. didn't Kelsey didn't shatter all the records in two thousand and nineteen. No, Kel- Kelsey didn't like Kelsey's twenty twenty was by far his best of that season. Uh, I think Kittle's a good guess in twenty nineteen. I'm totally down with that. Who's the tight end two in twenty seventeen? Because I feel like twenty seventeen would have been a good year too. Um okay, well, I'm trying to think back now. So twenty okay, twenty nineteen was Kittle. Twenty eighteen, I think, was also Kittle. Um twenty seventeen would have been Frick, I, I don't freaking know. Was Jimmy <laughs> um, Graham that... still alive think, back then was was that the year that graham caught like a million touchdowns but he didn't been. get any yards um and then there was the year um i mean gronk has got to be in in consideration oh, in some gronk. of these years when he was doing his thing um who else i mean there was people in there like jordan reed had a really ridiculous season uh in i think 2015 uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Eifert was really good that year too, but I don't know if oh Eifert God, was ever Tyler that good. Eifert. It, yeah, he's not on the list. Well, I haven't thought about well, let's, him. Let's start with Kittle. I mean, that seems like the obvious one. We'll go. We'll go Kittle in 2019. Wait, do we need the year la- too? No. Okay, Kittle. Because last last year in 2020, like there was a legitimate debate as to who people were taking as the first tight end off the board, which right. there shouldn't have been, but people were were having that debate. George Kittle did not make it in 2019. Wow. Really? Are we counting? Oh, he was close, but he did not make it to that twenty-five threshold. Did anyone else in twenty nineteen make it? Nope. No, no one could. If not, if if Kill didn't, nobody else did. I just had to check. I'll give it to you. No one in twenty nineteen did it. Okay. Okay. Fuck. Um, I thought that was bang on. Well, we got to think. Gronk had to have done it. He had to have done it since two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. Gronk had to have done it, or 16. He let's let's try Gronk. Let's try Gronk. We're, we're going to go with Gronk. Rob Gronkowski did it in 2017. There it is. He okay. was one of, the, okay, one of the ones to come close. To oh, Maddie is bang the fuck on here, I think. Um, I like this. I want to lock this in. Zach Ertz for sure. In 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. 
That was when okay. all that was when all went is what because in in 2017 Alshon Jeffrey hadn't turned into a uh, into a, uh, a mummy yet. Whereas in 2018 and, the rest of the wide receivers in, were in 2019. Mummified. In 2019, I went with the Kelsey Ertz stack because Ertz was so yeah. good. Ertz was yeah, ridiculous in 2018. He got like a zillion targets. Yeah. Okay, Ertz 2018 Ertz. I I almost had Maddie because when he said 2017, I was excited, but it is. 2018 Zach Ertz. Yeah, that good. Okay. One. Okay. Well done, Maddie. Thank hey, you. So we got Grolf, we got Ertz. Um, who else had a year strike. like that? Oh, man. Wait, we only have one strike. We can take our hint. I'm going to take our hint. Yeah. Yeah. There Give we me go. our hint. All right. For the record, people, we've only won like four, and it took like Matt Kelly and then uh, Cody Carpentier to help us get these wins. So yeah. <laughs> it's not often. So none of these players are on the team that they did it for. And also, Zach Ertz in 2018 was the most recent. Okay, I I, I really feel good about this Jordan Reed call. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hey, we got another strike. Go Jordan Reed. Let's just not think about it. Go Jordan Reed. Okay, how about Jordan Reed? It was not Jordan <sighs> Reed, but I will preface that that was a good call because originally I was going to do this on points per game. And Jordan Reed blew him out of the water that year. Oh, but Jordan, Jordan played, points per game has always smiled upon Jordan Reed. Yeah, but I think he played like 11 games or something. I'll, I'll get that number. Oh, here it is. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, he, he averaged almost a full point higher than Kelsey that year. Like I, as a person who who has who's fought the points per game war for a long time, big fan of Jordan Reed back in the day. But... I'll, I'll give y'all one more point because I want to send y'all off with a W. Okay. okay. That was the year of the other player. And there there was two that did it within this year. I just took the higher one because this was the farthest back. But so that would be the Gronk year. So is that the Jimmy Graham year then? What year was it? We, we, that was 2017, yeah, I mean, Graham, right? Graham was pretty solid. Well, so Graham, I think, if I have the timeline mm-hmm. right. Oh, wait, 2016. No, Graham Torres Patella in 2016, I think. Okay. I fair. could be wrong, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the timeline on Graham was, I think, in 2016, he tore the Patella. Then 2017, I think he came back, caught a million touchdowns. And then 2018, he was on the Packers. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Though. So I, I Graham's wrong. not the play. Okay, running out of time. We need one more tight end. We've done all right. Oh, Wait, not Witten. That's too, too recent. Number, it's got to be within twenty-five points. That doesn't mean it has to be the tight end too. Um, what about what about Delaney Walker? Did he ever have a big season? That Vernon big? Davis. I don't think so. I think Vernon okay. Vernon Davis was just no because Vernon Vernon Davis at that stage of his career was was filling in whenever Jordan Reed couldn't play. Hmm. Which is often, <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe you did get uh, there, and they're playing still. So two two players did it in 2016. One is currently still playing. So this one's done. Oh man, that makes it harder. Um, wait, wait. Oh, we're only looking for players that are still playing. What? No, so this the, one did. The player who I included in the top three because two did in 2016. I just took the higher one. Because he's okay. the furthest back, and I like to stay with three. Right. But right. Uh, the most recent one, the guy who was the tight end two, is still playing. Okay, so then I'm going to say that my Delaney Walker call was correct, but he was the other guy. 
Um, so then we're not going to guess Laney Walker, obviously, because he's not okay. playing. Okay. Um, who's is it like? A, could it be like a Jared Cook? Um, who's old? You're never that high. Uh, fucking. Oh, he's. You said he's still playing. Yes. Oh, I was gonna say Antonio Gates. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been a good one. Witten? What about Witten? Was he still going? He's at not that still. Point, he's not still too... playing. Oh, he's, he's yeah, gotta right. be still playing. Uh, Who the that fuck the is Hooper still season. playing? That's that old. Oh my god, I'm at a loss. Maybe, maybe it is Jimmy loss. Graham. Maybe we just maybe we just go with Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's fucking still playing somehow. Still getting end zone targets. Sub them in every time that they get to the ten yard Hold line. On. I just wanted. To, I'm doing a quick rundown in my brain on who's it. Oh, um, Kyle Rudolph was good at one point. Was he that good? Kyle Rudolph. Yes. Was still yes, he was that good. Yeah, he was that good. Look at I, Billy's face. We I got like, it. I'm gonna I go like Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Let's go. Merry Rudolph. Christmas. It's Rudolph, Christmas. Rudolph the Red Deer Reindeer. Let's go. Kyle Rudolph. Let's go. The number two. Let's I was all go. Really, did you, really, did you watch the show that we did with Drew? Jimmy Graham was number four that year. Behind okay, Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, and Greg Olson. Greg Olson. That's a good one. Yeah. Did you did you watch Let's the show with Drew? This is the second time uh, that uh, that that uh, Kyle Rudolph has been featured on the Stat Corner very recently. I, I had skipped over the Stat Corner on it, unfortunately. <laughs> I was on Drive, but Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> it's the second straight Kyle Rudolph appearance. That one I did it all on uh, tight ends that ran over a four seven and finished top five. <laughs> and he was the last 132 one targets, career high, 83 receptions, career high for 840 and seven. I. Did it? I can't. I had to. Th- like, I thought hard uh, about who is still alive at tight end <laughs> that could have possibly done it. I love it. That's a win for me and Jacob here in Week One of the playoffs. Oh my god! And he's that currently was... the tight end thirty-seven. Yeah, no kidding. All right, yeah. when we come back. We're gonna talk about the Chiefs game. Then we're gonna get into the good stuff here. All right, uh, sit tight. <laughs> You know, I said we're going to get into the good stuff like the rest of the program isn't any good. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, the stat corner sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy points galore. Uh, Jacob, if I told you that the leading running back for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, would have been Michael Burton, uh, would that have surprised you? Yeah, and would you no, have just not watched the that. game? I definitely would have not watched the game. I felt yeah. Jacob grow a beard and it turned gray. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate CH so much, and and like I and I now roster a decent amount of him, which is so aggravating. Um, he is second only to Miles Sanders in terms of players that it's the least fun to root for when when you're hoping for the best. I I think he's like pretty good actually. Like I don't think he's that great. I mean, obviously he shouldn't have gone, but you know, as the first running back off the board in 2020. But like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that he's better at running back than Daryl Williams. Um, but but then it doesn't even matter. Even Williams is no match for Michael Burton. (laughs) Yeah, it it was it was pretty amazing. Um, look, I got no real takeaways from this game other than I I don't know. Apparently, did you see the stat where it said Derwin James in the when he was in the game, 
Kelsey had one catch for 14 yards and like hmm. 22 snaps. And then as soon as he went out, Kelsey had like 10 receptions for 180 some yards and two touchdowns. Every time I looked over Derwin James with like, he was all over the field. Yeah. He's an unbelievable player. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, he, he's a he, fantasy not nightmare for whoever. He does not get the respect he deserves when he's healthy. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. Other than that, like uh, prayers wanna... up for Donald Parham. Uh, yes, I think, yeah. he, I think he ended up getting released today, or that's happening early tomorrow morning. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, he's a terrifying a, he's injury right. when it happened. Um, look, uh, I got hit playing ball at a young age. I think it was nineteen. And I kind of looked like Parham did. Uh, I was paralyzed and, and, and whatnot for a period of time. And it was really rough. Every time I see something like that, it, it makes my heart sink into my stomach. And then it immediately turns to rage when an announcer goes, yeah, I think he was shaking like that because it's a little cold here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Joe Buck. Cold? Learn to not. I live talk. somewhere where it's negative 33 degrees Celsius. The wind hurts your face, and I don't shake like that. That was not because it's cold in Los Angeles, you jackass. I, I understand coming, like, oh my God, having to get people's, like, that's watching on TV to, like, not pull their kids from football. Like, I get that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. I do I want to clarify, worst... negative 33 degrees is negative 27 degrees Fahrenheit for all my all my <laughs> U.S. listeners. Do my part. What is here. it? Yeah. Well, that's right about like, the what, same. what is it in Fahrenheit? Negative 27. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Negative 33 degrees Celsius. Yeah, the, the, the rule of thumb, if you want to get close, is you go, um, is you take whatever it is in Celsius and just uh, pretend no no you what there's there's no there's a formula you, you take the yeah um you take the fahrenheit minus 30 divide by two and that gets you like close-ish yeah it's fahrenheit plus nine fifths uh minus 32 or fahrenheit times nine fifths minus 32 anyway back That's to super the odd. <laughs> Uh, Justin Herbert is phenomenal. Every time I watch a game, he climbs another rank in my dynasty rankings. <laughs> He's how much higher can he be? Uh, he currently, all right, this is a leak. He currently has four more spots to climb. So uh, he he's getting there. <laughs> I I don't know how much higher I can put him. Like all right, like let, let's play the game. What who would you all rather have, him or Mahomes? Mahomes. Him or Allen? Allen. Him or Jackson? Jackson. Him or Murray? Murray. All right, now we go play Burrow? No, Herbert. I'd go Herbert at five. Uh, Rogers, Russ, Dak? Yeah, I'd I'd put Herbert at five, behind the four that you mentioned first. Yeah, like I I think... I'll actually actually say this. If if Greg Roman is back next year, Lamar Jackson starts to look a little bit different to me in Dynasty. If they bring him back for his second contract, I'm going to be terrified. So I think that Herbert likely passes Lamar Jackson if Greg Roman is back. And I, I saw, mean, like, not by a little. I saw Herbert at number three. I believe it was Ryan Devaney who put him up there. Mm. And I, mean, I was I like, I, I, can't, I can't argue with it. 
No, I like if someone put him at one, like I wouldn't agree, but I wouldn't say it's absurd. Like we can we can talk about Mahomes throwing the ball 80 yards any day. Yeah, but Herbert threw the ball 65 yards. I was gonna say Herbert can do the same shit in a game. That's really frustrating. Like, can we just talk about like just to piggyback off of this, Billy? Right? I'm just gonna piggyback and steal. Oh god, I said Mahomes' name. Um, Thomas Falcon up. Look, it's it. I just want to say that no quarterback outside of Brett Favre, when Joe, uh, when John Madden was calling games, could do anything. He could blink at the camera twice, nod his head, scratch his balls, sneeze a certain way, and he will be praised for it. It doesn't matter how many stupid things he does. Like, I don't know, throw the ball directly into the ground when Nicole Hardman is wide open. No one hit him. Nothing happened. His hand was on the late. Like nothing happened. He just missed, and everyone was like, oh, "Patrick Mahomes." Like no one cared, right? But other quarterbacks go out there and throw dimes like Herbert, and they're like, "If he can just do some of the things that Patrick Mahomes can do on the football field, he'll be like, stop it, stop it." Like Patrick Mahomes is great, but like, can we just like the gap's not three continents wide? Like, can we just take, just dial it back a little bit? A little bit. No, I mean, I, Herbert, Herbert's crushing. Like he, honestly, he's yeah. crushing. I mean, if you look, if you look at just, I saw a tweet I, and I forget who put it out because I'd love to credit them, but they, they looked at however many starts Herbert's had. And then they compared that to the same amount of starts from Mahomes. Uh, and I mean, Mahomes was higher, but I think it was like by seven points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nine points. Like it was a very small amount. Um, you know, and, and Mahomes has had his entire time with Tyreek and Kelsey, which is like as good as you can ask for. I mean, they've had nothing other than those two, yeah. <laughs> but that's still pretty yeah. darn Andy, good. And Andy Reid. Yeah, like, I mean, and not... certainly Herbert has not been uh, deprived of weapons. He could do a lot worse than Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but but it's not. He hasn't had anything, you know, of the of like the big play caliber of Tyreek Hill. He hasn't had Travis Kelsey, and he spent his first year uh, with Anthony Lynn, who I think is a total donk. So, you know, like it's, it's definitely, uh, Herbert's extremely impressive. Right. And I, I think you could easily make an argument for Herbert over this. My, my issue with the reason I wouldn't is just based on that Herbert doesn't run as much. And so it makes him a little bit more volatile, um, you know, week to week in fantasy. I mean, even if you look at this year with Herbert, right, like he has great, great numbers overall, but he has had, I think five weeks or something like that under 15 fantasy points, just because if you get, it's a similar issue that we're having with Dak right now, right? Like I love Dak, but he's in this slump and because he doesn't really run, if he doesn't throw for 300 yards, if he doesn't throw for three touchdowns, you don't really get a good fantasy performance. Yeah. It's just a lot harder for like, for a Lamar or a Hertz or a Kyler, like that type. Like, yeah. well, Kyler hasn't ran as much this year, but you know what I'm saying? Like those guys usually don't totally screw you. Um, unless yeah. they get injured, but like Lamar can have a pretty terrible game and usually still get you 20 fantasy points because he's going to yeah. run for 60 yards. And, you know, if he runs for 60 yards and a touchdown, it's like, well, we're starting at 12 now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I, I understand that for sure. Um, I, I think Herbert deserves to be probably not in that tier just yet, but I, I think there's, I, I remember two years ago, there was this really good mock draft that went up. I believe it was Maurice Jones-Drew, where he said the Bengals should take Justin Herbert at number one. And hmm. I, a and lot of Twitter piled on him for it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's – the Dolphins, the poor Dolphins. Like, 
How how do you sit up, watch him just airmail sixty five yards to Guyton, this North Texas prospect who no one had heard about until the last time he threw it six. Ooh, ran out of breath until the last time he threw threw it sixty five yards to him. Like Tua's great. I I am one of Tua's biggest supporters. He's not Herbert though. Justin Herbert. No, he ain't Herbert. Him and Mahomes are the same breed. Is there another player? Yeah, no, I agree. Is there another player as universally misvalued as Herbert was? Like just universally uh, Josh, Josh Allen. He he and went Josh, number six overall. Let, here's the thing. Here's no, but in, in, in fantasy, fantasy right, though, right? Like yeah. he went six overall, and I drafted him at like the two oh three in a rookie draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's all. That's all I'm saying, right? So like, here's the thing with Josh Allen. When Josh Allen was drafted, uh, his first two or three years in the league went kind of as expected for Josh Allen. And then they get Stefan Diggs and uh, I know C that wants to use them. And all of a sudden Josh Allen looks different. Well, I think Josh really Allen's similar. the start to his career. I think Josh Allen's start to his, his first couple years were kind of pretty on par with his expectations where Justin Herbert was universally the, Oh, he's not, Oh, I'm not drafting him. He doesn't have the tools and blah, blah, blah. We don't know how good he's, he's not, he's not these other two guys. Yeah. Right. And he got pushed down boards and now he's vaulted everyone else. So well, they like, had, they had really similar criticisms coming out. Like both Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert, the entire time they were like, they have the arm, they have the mobility, the athleticism. It's yeah. just all behind the eyes. And that, yeah. that was the biggest gripes with them. And now all of a sudden they're two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Right. And, and like, it's, it's it's been dope to watch, but I just think Justin Herbert was universally doused for being mm-hmm. who he was. And now oh, if yeah, you have was. him, you're super happy. I just in my oh. mind, I can't remember a player that was so universally like eh, and now is so now he's being talked about as potentially yeah. being the first player off the board. Oh, I, it's I know he was written off because I thought he was a brute. Like I, I did not like him as a prospect whatsoever. And I drafted him in like three dynasty leagues because, and like by if he was valued appropriately, like if he was valued as a normal six overall pick, there's not a fucking chance that he would have been on any of my teams. Like I, I legitimately, I couldn't have been more wrong about Herbert as a prospect. The only reason I was ever yeah. drafting him was because I was sitting there in like the beginning of the second round, Keyshawn Vaughn was already off the board, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess this Justin Herbert guy, how bad could he be? You know, <laughs> starting quarterback. Like, I mean, that was, that was the biggest reason why this year, I mean, he looks like a disaster. But that's why this year I was like, okay, fine. If I'm at the 1-9, 110, yeah. and Zach Wilson is there, I'm just going to fucking take him. I, I think he sucks, but, like, whatever. I'm just going to fucking do it. That's <laughs> what I was about to say. And it didn't work out because, because there's a Zach Wilson does probably totally suck. But, like, I, I think that that's probably what we have to do with this year's class. Like, in 2022, you know, all these quarterbacks, like, they look kind of sketchy, but it's like if – if, so, if they go in the first round, I think you just you just have to take them in the first round of your rookie draft, especially if they can run, especially if they have the big arm, because the upside is there. You know, if there's anything these last few years taught us, right? Like, we, and I mean the royal we, like me, yeah. you, <laughs> Billy, everybody, the whole community, including the NFL, frankly, suck at evaluating quarterbacks. Oh, like, yeah. We just suck at it, right? Like this year was the generational quarterback loss. I'm not saying give up on them because they had a bad rookie year, but like obviously in the rookie year, all of them except for Mac Jones were, were totally terrible. And Mac Jones, you know, it wasn't all that useful for fantasy purposes. And then in, you know, last year, it's like supposed to be 
you know, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, clearly. Well, now you'd say Herbert, Burrow, Tua. You know, the, the previous, you know, Josh Allen was supposed to be a total train wreck, uh, whereas Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold were great prospects, right? It's, so, it, you know, it really is. The, you gotta you gotta be open-minded about these quarterback guys especially when like herbert they actually have the tools for some upside right like herbert's athletic he's got this massive arm you know oh, it's a cannon he throws i think legitimately the prettiest deep ball in football right now and he does it with just minimal motion like he just flicks his arm and it's gone he is unreal he's unbelievable like, I, um, I'll, I'll stop jumping on the herbert wagon but he, he's so good he's so good well look um we were gonna do a how we got here but that might be like a next week thing um actually we actually don't even know what our schedule is gonna be like given the holidays but we're gonna figure that out tonight look the scheduling for us has been super weird this year but we're gonna i'm gonna we're gonna come out with something this week i just don't know what day it's gonna be yeah um so we were going to do a what got us here, but looking at the time, I think we'll be here until, you know, for three hours. So I think what we're going to do instead is Billy came up with this idea. So shout out. We're going to go with the playoff pasta. It's that time of year. Championships are in the air, but so is failure. Uh, we at Full Tilt, we're going to take a look back and credit ingredients that shaped their our playoff dishes. Uh, we're out here cooking today. That was very well done. I'm sorry. I butchered that, Billy. <laughs> so we're going to start with the pasta itself. Now, I also want to mention that I felt completely attacked by this topic. Uh, me and my people have been making the pasta for a long time, and we don't, you know, we can't stop talking with our hands, but uh, it, it's quite fitting. It is playoff pasta. I, I, I like it. So let's see what we're cooking up here. Um Hardly the centerpiece of your team, not the most out there piece, but someone who was a popular buy in the offseason that has contributed the most to your playoff rosters. That is the pasta itself. And I will say, Billy, that that's not entirely accurate because uh, oh my God. me and my people are very selective about which noodles we use for what because the little ridges on the pasta are better for collecting the sauce. So the you want to have a rigid... <laughs> You want to have a rigid pasta noodle, so it does. Look, when we when we have a topic going into me writing the show sheet, we we can we can brainstorm. It. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite type of noodle, Tom? Ah, uh, oh my god! Yeah, uh, let's get on noodle hour. Oh man, my favorite type of noodle is oh my god, it's gotta it's gotta be just name a noodle, <sighs> dude. He has to think this through. Do you yeah. want Do you want us to go first so that you can I, like? It might be a penne, it might be a penne noodle. It might be a penne noodle. Penne noodle. Yeah, wow. I think because you can do the most. It might oh, like um. I'm a linguini guy myself. Cannelloni, cannelloni would be pretty good too. Yeah, I gotta go. I think I gotta go a penne noodle for me personally. You can do everything with it. You can you can you can bake it. You can yeah you can fry it. You can do a that's bunch true. Of you can do you can make penne. penne you can make penne chips. They're really good. I have a recipe if you want it. It's really Vel- good. Veli, what's your go to noodle? I'm a linguini man. I, I'm a Wisconsinite, so I feel obligated to say elbow with the mac and cheese. But oh I, God! See, go you can make you can that's make disgusting. mac and cheese with penne noodles, Billy, and it holds the cheese and sauce better. I'm gonna I, give. I I'm gonna give you the recipe. I was. I'm gonna give you the recipe. Look, <laughs> look. Tom's I'm, over here. We don't have time. <laughs> I'm. I'm hungry now. God damn. Uh, 
Look, like I said, this is the centerpiece of your team, but not the most out there piece. It's kind of an obvious selector. Billy, you have here Austin Eckler. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, I felt like going into this offseason, I was the highest on Eckler. I didn't think it was going to be this, but I remember me kind of being the lone defender on some of our pods going into last year. But it's the offense for the Chargers opened up so much once Justin Herbert got there and he was just throwing the ball six miles down the field. Like they, they can't afford to stack the box. They can't afford to defend the run because Mike Williams is already past them. So Austin Eckler came out. uh, He's all the playoff rosters that I have this year have Austin Eckler on them. And it's just, he, he was such a good value. You could get him in the, late second, early third in a lot of points, Four. especially in non-super flex. But like that, he was such a good value for this year, especially. And I mean, he's got, he stayed healthy. He got all the goal line work as a small back. 16 touchdowns, healthy. 17 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Unreal. Like it's, it's all, it's all good for Eckler. So I gotta, I gotta credit the guy. He's, he deserves to Is be he- here. He's the RB two. He's almost has almost has three hundred fantasy points, which would beat. He's he's gonna beat his two thousand and nineteen pace of three hundred nine, which is insane. Yeah. And he's gonna do it without having ninety two receptions. He's got seven touchdowns through the air and ten on the ground. Yeah, unbelievable. He's just been a, he's just he's been a good running back, and he's got the bag. He's got paid. So you, if you've got him in dynasty, there's no need to get rid of him. No need at all because he doesn't have the wear and tear that some other backs. Uh, yeah, he it's might. the it's the Alvin Kamara model. People are yes. now coming around and going, well, Alvin Kamara, he's not getting tackled by these big guys. He's getting tackled by a lot of cornerbacks and stuff. Less wear and tear. I bet Alvin Kamara can be a good running back until the age of thirty-two, which yeah. I'm not going to debate. I think Kamara. I, and, I think I think Kamara and Eckler are kind of the same player. I, I think it's the, the same way you view Kamara. Eckler's yeah, think... been a lot more effective this year on the ground, though. Actually, yeah. yeah. And you know who's the next Eckler is Miles Gaskin, so it's perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> the funny, see the first, the best thing about that joke is that so many layers. Like at first, I thought you were making a Miles Sanders joke, and then I realized oh. it was a Miles Gaskin joke. <laughs> so, Sorry, man. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, um, yeah. Jacob, who do you have for this case? Oh man, I mean, look, my yeah. my jersey is three weeks late. But I think it's I think it's pretty clear. It's the only running back who's been more. It's the only running back who's been better than Austin Eckler this entire year. It's got to be my main man, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, in all formats, I mean, I've been on him in Dynasty for a long time. He's he's been my RB one in Dynasty basically since Mac tore his Achilles, and I have him on a million teams. I thought I was gonna might might miss out on him in season long when he was going in the middle of the first. And God bless Carson Wentz for getting that injury in the preseason, making everybody lose yeah, their minds. Yeah. And then remember that, like, so remember he was going like one, six, one, seven Taylor in most uh, redraft best ball mocks. And then all of a sudden the Wentz injury happens, the Nelson injury happens, both of whom play week one. Yeah. And that was and, wild. And, and Taylor's <laughs> ADP went to like the late second. Then it comes out that they're going to play week one and it never really recovered. It stayed like in the early second. And I went from like, man, I don't know how much Taylor I'm going to be able to draft to. And obviously it was a great pick, you know, at, at any ADP, it would be a great pick of one oh one. But, but I was, then I was like, okay, let's just jam them here. We're going to the round two. Let's do this. And I mean, God bless it because obviously, uh, you know, him along with 
Eckler and Cop and Debo and Lenny and, and some of these other guys were the key this year. So absolutely Jonathan Taylor. It's been such a fun season um, as he's been helping the Colts make a playoff push. He's helped many of my teams make a playoff push. Uh, the GOAT, love you. Uh, and and <laughs> any of the shares that I have in Dynasty has more are, targets. Are officially untouchable forever. He has more targets and it will have more receptions in in fewer games than last year. Unbelievable uh, yeah, how remarkable. good he's getting. He is that offense. Oh, it's they're, and they're treated there's the no same reason. way they treat Henry. Like, he's gonna they hit, should. He's going <laughs> to yeah. hit Edron James level success mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, Edron James went to the Hall of Fame. So who knows? Yeah. Um, look, for me, I, I don't think I can make this pick any more obvious. Uh, it's Travis Kelsey for me. Uh, mm. he, he wasn't captain elite. And this is how disgusting it was. 2020 broke expectations for tight ends. And it's because of Travis Kelsey. If you had to know, he wasn't going to come out and do the same thing, but Travis Kelsey over pretty much anyone not named Andrews or Kittle for the last couple of weeks is an easy smash, even Waller. So to say he didn't give you an edge is it's not true. He still is giving you an edge against the field of tight ends. It just matters if you've gotten lucky at tight end or not. And I'm willing to bet more teams are in the playoffs that drafted Kelsey than didn't. So for me, he's steady as can be. And he came out in week one of the playoffs and showed why he is that player for me. Um, yeah, I've been, I've tilted on him for sure. Right. I, I, this is called the full tilt podcast for a reason. It's what we do here. Not as much like Maddie does, but it's what we do here. Um, but through sheer will, Travis Kelsey's just kept pulling it out. I don't think he's really lost a step at all. Uh, I'm happy to have had him. So that's, that's my pick there, fellas, for sure. I'll say this for Kelsey. I mean, first of all, first of all, I mean, last night he tilted me off of the planet because, (laughs) um, uh, I have him in plenty of leagues, uh, all of which teams were on by. And what was funny about the Kelsey situation is I got into this back and forth uh, with Frank, who was a guest of mine on, on No Free Squares earlier this season, about whether or not Kelsey was a bust. And to be fair, going by best ball advance rate data, he was not not awesome this year, had a pr- quite a low advance rate. However, my point on Kelsey was I think he was actually still good. I mean, nothing like 2020, obviously. But I was like, at the end of the day, he makes good teams better because even though the advantage at tight end that he was giving you this year was not as high as it's been in the past, maybe not as high as you were dreaming it would be until last week, of course, um, he still is an advantage. And if you get your other positions right, if you drafted a Jonathan Taylor or an Austin Eckler, right, in the, se- in the early second round, something like that, if you were able to draft a Cooper Cup, who, you know, in the fourth round of drafts, if you're drafting a Debo Samuel, a Jamar Chase, any of these other guys, like, then the rest of your lineup's good, but you can't just find an elite tight end out of the blue. Sure, no. you could have gotten a Knox late or a Gronk late, right? You know, but, but Kelsey was Gronk still better. For sure. Gronk, I mean, in points per game, then, you know, he was right at the Kelsey level. But over the whole season, like, Kelsey's yeah. still going to be the tight end one. So it's like, at the end of the day, if the rest of my team was really good, I still would have wanted Kelsey. He was still a positive player. And the, the most indicative thing to me about Kelsey is – one week ago, everybody was complaining about how he's a big bust. And the number one thing that I saw people complaining about last night was how nobody got to use their Kelsey points because all their Kelsey teams had buys. Well, how much of a bust could he have been? 
There was somebody yeah. out there that drafted Taylor in the first, Kelsey in the second, Eckler in the third, Cup in the fourth. Well, the and other like way around, man. You, you were doing a lot of best ball, and if you think it was Taylor than Kelsey, more like Kelsey than Taylor. Well, I don't do best ball, and, <laughs> well, there's reasons for that because I'd end up. I do have a lot of Kelsey in the first, Taylor in the second team. So yeah, yeah. It just like someone drafted that team and is just laughing their way to a championship. Um, look, the second part now. This to me is the most crucial part of a pasta. Okay, the and it's the sauce. Okay. All right. What? Whatever. What? Whatever. This is the most crucial part of a pasta. It's the sauce. Okay. This is what makes the pasta your own. This is a special part. What contributes to the flavor and guides your interest. This is the piece that you are always in on who finally repaid you this year with a good trip to the playoffs. I'm going to start with mine because there was no player that I can remember pounding the table for that has become as successful. And it was Cooper fucking cup. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember in home league, when I put Cooper cup wide receiver one, when Stafford got traded, I remember Austin, if you're listening, you were like, I think, I think you mean Robert Woods. No, I do not. Uh, I've always Cooper cup in 2019 was a player that helped guide me to a championship in my most important dynasty league. And I was not jumping off of them in, in the years following. I've always been a believer in Cooper cup. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He is the white Mamba of the NFL. Um, he's unbelievable. He's a wide receiver one and he's single-handedly carrying a lot of teams. Uh, he's, he's unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be it. And I know someone, I can't remember who it was, but you were like, mm, receipts. I think uh, it was I, mad jester in the, in the yes, off season. Yeah, was. I will go back through the shows and I will pull that. I did mention that Cooper cup was my outside shot at finishing is the wide receiver one. I will pull it. I do have it. I'm not yeah, a big Jester, receipts guy, but he Tom is the only dude that I know with that level of cop receipts. Like yeah. there's plenty of people that I know that were over market on cop or over market. Like I, I was over market on cop, but like ever anytime someone says like I had a conversation with my buddy Aaron the other day and he was like, because I, I happened to have cop in both the dynasty leagues that I'm in with him. He was like, Man, like you have cop in both these leagues. Did you see this coming? I was like, hell fucking no. It's like, I mean, I like the Rams this year, so I ended up with a lot of cup. I was like, I have just as much woods. I didn't fucking know yeah. this was gonna happen. <laughs> I was like, don't get me wrong, I'll take the points. But like uh, you know, so I certainly wasn't anti-cup, but I mean, there's nobody that I know that was like that was actually banging the drum as hard for cup specifically as as Mr. Thomas Tipple. And I'll take it. I, I'll take that one, much like Billy and his his Debo. Um you know what an unbelievable call that was. Uh, Billy, who is your source this year? Who is it for you? I, I went through a wild ride of who this was going to be throughout the year. I thought it started off thinking it was going to be Brandon Cooks. Yeah. He, he oh, kind of fell down. Then Darnell Mooney looked like a world beater for a couple weeks. He's his, still doing well. Amen. I think that's probably Mooney's, next Mooney's year. going to crush next year. He just he's been nailed by his situation. Yeah. But now... This is so exciting. He's been the centerfold of my entire Twitter for the last like two weeks, three weeks. Hunter fucking Renfro. 100%. Cooper Cup is Hunter Renfro realized. Like that's, <laughs> that, that's what I keep saying. Because 100%. I, it, it, 
I don't need to talk about this. Y'all can go down my Twitter and just look at like the list of probably 10 tweets I've put out in the last like <laughs> week and a half about him. I, I feel so good about this. This is the happiest I've been in a I long love time. Was, when did you I'll, when did you like officially first become a, a Renfro fanboy? Er, early last year. Like yeah. when you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I sent that big like message thread about Cooper or Hunter Renfro. Like early, early last year. Yeah. And uh, I think it was before the draft last year. And then they took rugs and Edwards. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> now uh, he's not gonna get the shot. Yeah. There's only two people that I can I can really say have love for Andrew Hunter Renfro Biggie. the way that it is. And the other one is Andrew Jameson. In oh, 2019, boy. the home league dynasty startup. <laughs> uh, he he has been hitting home that Renfro is just an elite player. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass in the national championship game. Great athlete, and is finally coming to fruition. So I'm happy for both of you. That's a that's that you love seeing things. uh, I'll tell I'll I'll tell you what, Billy. uh, Renfro is both of your guys' picks. I'm in this uh, one dynasty league, and it's my best my my best record of any dynasty league that I'm in. And my team was so hurt at running back that I started an inactive player for three <laughs> consecutive weeks at RB2. I didn't have an RB2. Um, like I just did it to kind of prove a point because I was like 5-0 and oh and I didn't care. And I was just like, how many weeks can I stretch this? But um, I had Taylor at RB1. I had no one at RB2 for three consecutive weeks. It's still my highest scoring dynasty team with the best record because I have Cooper Cup wide receiver one and Hunter Renfro wide receiver two. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean you have you need. Cooper Cup wide receiver one and Hunter Renfro wide receiver one. That's true. That's true. Honestly, correct. I put out the clip like three weeks ago when I thought it was the apex of the Renfro experience. And I was so wrong because the apex was yet to hit. I'll have to repost it. But uh, I was going to put Renfro as my take for this, honestly. And then I remember that Billy was on the show and I was like, no, Billy yeah, is the, is sorry, the Renfro person. Um, but like my, my, my Renfro best ball take. Uh, it was my best take of, 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 of 2021. 100%. I have, I have the clip of the show with me and Chris Allen and Chase. I was, they were like, who's your favorite round 18 pick? I was like, what do you think of Hunter Renfro? And they were like, that seems pretty gross, man. And I was like, I agree. Uh, look, my pick, I got to be a home. Where, one sec. One sec. I got I need a prop for this one, okay? Oh, boy. Is it going to be the shovel? I think it's going to be the shovel. So shovel or his Taylor jersey that he's still waiting on. Yeah. Well, you can't go Taylor twice. So, yeah. Uh, what, what else could it be? I'm, I'm going to keep trying to guess. Oh, no. Oh, Marquez Callaway got you. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, what played one season at the University of Tennessee before being drafted in the first round, 25th overall by the Minnesota Vikings, went to several other teams, and of course now became an RB1 in fantasy at 30-plus years old. The uh, GOAT, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson, just an absolute stud muffin. Um, what started off as like a man mike davis really sucks what if i just add some other running backs in that backfield <laughs> and little did i know that my 12 quarter all patterson dynasty shares would all of a sudden become so incredibly necessary as i watch every other one of the running backs on all of these contending teams fly off the shelves uh look i'll be the first to admit 
when it first started after the first couple of weeks, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I, I get to sell a bunch of Patterson shares for a second round pick. And then I sold a couple and then it kept happening. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe let's hang on to these bad boys and going into the playoffs. I, there's no running back other than Jonathan Taylor, but I have a higher percentage of on my playoff teams than Cordero Patterson. And I am begging CPAT to bring me to fantasy titles uh, in 2021 that I never thought possible. Cordero, you're the goat buddy. Go Vols. What if Cordero Patterson was Alvin Kamara all along? <laughs> Well, I they just, both played I, in fucking University of Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a small asterisk because I remember you and I got into it on on why I thought he was an easy buy in the season, and you disagreed. Uh, and you were launching him away at the first opportunity, and and he's still carrying uh, through all this COVID. Is that's that's how I am with these guys. And this is this is the this is like the hardest. This is my cross to bear that I've realized. Yeah, in the community yeah. is that I'm very good. No, like I okay. I would say like. If there's one thing that I'm very good at, it's definitely like identifying guys from completely nowhere. Like I, I would say that my like rate of just identifying completely nowhere players is very good. Like I was on James your James or, Robinson call was right, like like one of the best I've ever seen. Last year I called James yeah. Robinson. Like this year, like I had I have Mitchell receipts. Um, I, I was getting all the CPAT. Like I, I suck at 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 uh, mid round wide receivers. I'm good at identifying people from nowhere. However, like I'm just immediately as soon as as soon as like i see anything i'm like no we're done gotta sell <laughs> gotta cut paint and so that's that's the thing i'm worse at is like enjoying found money um for sure on any of these takes and so yeah you're you're totally bang on like early in the season patterson was doing this i was like man this is funny maybe it's like a self-esteem thing you know it's like whenever one of my takes like ends up coming to fruition, I'm like, nah, this is too good to be true. Like there's no <laughs> way this can actually be, can actually be a thing. Uh, well, that could no, be it too. Do you think, do you think Patterson has value next year? Like, why not? He's the best running back on their team and the Falcons suck. Like, are the Falcons going to spend money or like spend a first round draft pick on a running back? Like that nah, seems ridiculous. I think, I think they bring him back. I think they bring him well, back. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Is he, yeah. I think he's on a two year deal anyway, isn't he? Because they, they I him dropped Cordero Patterson in Dynasty League like two weeks before the season. Oh, no. I can't remember why I needed to do it, but it was Rip. valid. And now um, I'm like, man, I don't even remember what league it was. That's you don't want to remember because you don't want to go I back. Really and hope, look. I hope I'm gonna look now because I really hope it was a league with me, and I hope that I have him now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm clear eyes because that's the only league where my team is so bad. I'm like, ah, maybe. <sighs> You know, I was I was regretting, quick. I was regretting about the clear eyes drop on Patterson that I made, but now it's golden because Baker's on the COVID list, and I ended up getting Taysom Hill in a series of trades that date back to the Patterson. <laughs> it was, now it was, Taysom it was clear eyes. I yeah, added him on up. waivers, dropped him. You picked him up for a dollar, then traded him for Ronald Jones and a third. But then I traded Ooh. Ronald Jones for Taysom Hill, and now I have Taysom as my QB one. So I would say it's fine. <laughs> oh just, my gosh! Just Look, a beautiful, beautiful transaction. Thing. I love. We anyway. gotta go through in the off season when we have unlimited amount of time to talk about nothing. We gotta go through best and worst uh, series of transactions for players because yeah. some oh, of them yeah, are hilarious. We can dig up some good ones. Yeah. Now look, this next part is a cardinal sin. Uh, with me in, in the familia at home, overcooking your pasta. 
you got cocky and you felt strong. You believe in your ability as a fantasy manager. But in the end, this is where you fell short and overcooked your pasta. The one call that hurt you the most this year, in some cases it was overcome by other pieces, but in others, this may have ruined everything. Billy, who's your pick? Oh, this one hurts, man. I know it I know it does. It it hurts a lot. It's Alan Robinson. Oh who else, who else could it be for me? I mean, I still think he's a good player. I still think going into next year, depending on where he goes, I'm hoping he doesn't do a Corey Davis thing and he's just like, I'm gonna take a lot of money and go to the Jets or the Jaguars <laughs> or I mean he's not going to the Jaguars. But like that I, what I, do you mean? That would be the reunion tour, man. I, I want the best for him. Like, I, I want everything good for him. But, God, something with Nagy, something so – I, I can pile on this. If you all want to get me talking. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we do next I think week. He just, I think he just a, doesn't want to be there. Like, I just don't think he's given it 110. Yeah, and we see it. He's, like, there, I think there he hates his life. And he's not, getting, he's not getting thrown to the same. Right? But I, I like think that, that I think that those things are related. I think he's not getting thrown to the same because he's, he's like – slow walking through his routes <laughs> yeah like he he should be gone like and maybe maybe with Nagy gone which i mean he's going to be fired two hours after the final game yeah um the yeah, bears are just trying to keep, now fuck i mean just the bears just are just trying to keep they've never done it making a coaching change in the season yeah which is a ridiculous way to run an organization oh i agree but like they they sh- should just get him out so they can either make negotiations with him. Now imagine if they win like two or three games down the stretch and they're oh, like, oh he can stay. turn Justin Fields. As around. someone who lives with a Bears fan, he's not staying. Like, <laughs> like, Fair enough. There's so much vitriol towards him. Allen Robinson has definitely hurt people. Uh, for my call, this one sucks. This one hurts me uh, in more ways than one because – I wasn't just hurt by him this year. He's dead to me forever. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to change my call. Uh I could make a really easy one and go with who I was going to take and I was going to say Julio Jones. Um yeah, because fair. because whatever. But that's that's not making fun of myself enough. Uh instead, I'm going to pick Leonard Fournette. Oh. Mm. I shit I on that for guy. Sam Darnold. No, 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 no. I already admitted my Sam Darnold shit. <laughs> and I'll still blame the coaching staff, so whatever. Um, the OC got fired before Darnold got cut, so he can suck it. Um, it's Leonard Fournette, because I took a giant shit all over this guy for two years now. For two years, I've shit all over him. And what is Leonard Fournette doing? Lumbering and plodding his way to a top five RB season. On it, it's it's through the air. Nine targets, six targets, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets. It's through the air. The guy has been absolutely 77 targets, 62 receptions, and he's got 10 total touchdowns. He might crack a thousand yards, and, and he's played 13 games. The guy's unbelievable. If you drafted him yeah. in the seventh round, sixth round, I was deliberately scoffing at people that were drafting Leonard Fournette because I thought Ronald Jones was for sure. Yeah gonna be it and they're gonna phase him out oh they brought in bernard well, I, I, I did i did worse though the guy i was drafting was geo <laughs> right but like that was actually so i don't know lazy. if that is worse Whatever. compared to ronald Jones, maybe the same 
Yeah, and it just I was wrong. I was very wrong, and I'm gonna take my lumps on the show because I'm not someone that uh, you know thinks I'm in, in in impervious to to mistakes. I am big time. Uh, at the end of last season, I traded Leonard Fournette in our league of record for a third round pick just to like make a point about how. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna vet what that pick turned into. Hang on. And then. And then uh, it wasn't uh, Mitchell or Stevenson. Then I traded, I traded, <laughs> I traded for Leonard Fournette for Elijah Mitchell and a second because I knew, like, I made a mistake. That is a bad investment uh, strategy. But he, they he always say buy high, buy. sell low. <laughs> I did the opposite for both of those things. So, um. Or no, yeah, yeah, I get, you, I get what you mean. Yeah, like I, I just, I'm gonna take my L's with Lenny Fournette, man. The guy's been unreal. So shout out mm-hmm. to Lenny. Um, honestly, I think he comes back with that team, and oh, I think yeah, he's why, good. Why I think he's good again next year for sure. I don't, I don't understand what I'm looking at, so I'm gonna stop vetting this. Uh, I I, t- I I couldn't agree more on the Lenny thing, man. I'm, I'm so that was my tilted. biggest miss, bro. I I was like, I've been so up and down on on Leonard Fournette. And in this whole backfield, and I, I started this off season when it was just Lenny and Rojo. I was like, you know what? Both these guys are kind of gross. I'll just take Lenny because at least he catches passes. And I mean, the absolute most donk take of my year was letting Giovanni Bernard like entirely change my opinion on the backfield. I mean, that was so idiotic. Like I, I legitimately like I was drafting Fournette because I, I was like, well, I was like Rojo and Fournette, whatever. Either want to get the early downs, at least Fournette's going to catch passes. Then they brought in Geo, and I was like, well, then I'll just draft Geo because that's the guy who's going to be playing on all the passing downs. That's the guy I want, you know. And if it's going to be the early down guy, I'll take Rojo. Fuck Lenny, he's dusty, and I mean, just catastrophic for sure. So shout out to Leonard Fournette. Um, my my guy, uh, sad times. And first of all, I just want to say thank God that Brandon Ayuk remembered how to play football because I would not have been able to face it if I had to do him in this segment. But luckily, uh, he caught the game winner and he looks good again. So we're all back aboard the Brandon Ayuk train. Um, Nothing happened. He he was hurt the first six weeks. Yeah, well, he he learned how to practice. Anyway, That's what I'm going to tell my grandkids. Um, yeah, that the L that I'm eating for sure starts with L. Uh, Ends with S. Uh, poor, poor LaVisca Chenault. Um, oh. Just, just painful. Like the both Tom and Billy know that I, I famously, am extremely patient with the young guys that I like. Like I, I will not budge. Uh, we oh, had yeah. this talk the, in the slack about yeah. Rondale, and 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 they're saying to this point, I was like, don't care, don't care. And I think, care. I think you should be. I think that's like, good process. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stubborn with my young guys. Uh, You're stubborn with everyone. You're stubborn uh, with everyone that's like not 27 to like. Tom, I just want to know how I want to know how you like simultaneously accuse me of being stubborn and of being a flip flopper. Like, can you pick one? Because you're a stubborn flip flopper. I I, I think that the stubborn thing is like fair. I don't think that the flip flopper thing is fair at all. Okay, so I I will explain this right now. I'll explain this right now because Jacob, there's no one else that I've ever met when it comes to a take where you can look at somebody, look at a player, and you can be like. Yeah, this guy is going to be – I think he's – he's. I'll take Joe Mixon as an example where you're like, yeah, I'm holding on Mixon. Mixing is dope. Mixon is dope. He's great. I think he's going to be going to be awesome. 
and then a couple of bad things happen. You're like, oh no, I, I've been completely no, because, out on them. I'm because all of my takes are entirely in relation to market price. So like my my take on what Mixon is doesn't change. You're a slave like, to the market, but, Jacob. But if but, no, but like if I think Mixon is X, but the market like if I think Mixon's RB12, but the market thinks he's RB16, then I'm like, go buy Joe Mixon. But as soon as the market says he's RB6, then I'm like, sell. That's Joe not Mixon. how you I word it changed. though. You you word it by saying I'm all in. I'm all about him. I love him. I love him this year. Yeah, I'm in on him this year. It's all about the price. That's not what you say though. No, but any time that I say any any take that I ever have on a player is entirely in relation to the price. Like but that's, then that's, the that's next all... week, it could just be yeah, the because next the price week, changes. Like, no, I'm, out. I'm out completely. I'm no, out. like Mixon, I Mixon don't is love a perfect him. example of this because all off season he was so cheap. Like I, I my baseline on Mixon. I'm just saying you want me to explain the... it. That's why I'm explaining it. But no, but oh, like what yeah, you're, stop what fighting. you're saying doesn't make sense. Okay, all off season, it makes my, my take. Sense. No, because it doesn't. All off season on Mixon, my take on Mixon is, is based on a couple things. Number one. He's not. He's never been that efficient as a rusher. His advanced metrics have always been pretty shady. So that that's like that's a concern. However, athletic profile phenomenal. Situation in Cincinnati phenomenal. I was like, maybe you know he's gonna get the rushing at worst. Maybe he gets a three down roll. I, I was in on mixing at cost pretty much the whole offseason. Then he comes out week one, has this massively huge workload, has a great game against the Vikings, and immediately his market like completely changes in one week. It goes through, Oh my God, Joe Mixon's a league winner. And so then I'm watching the next couple of weeks. He's still scoring fantasy points, but all of a sudden his workload is worse. Like he's, he's now not getting the pass downs that he got in the first week. I'm like, man, his price has gone way up, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, his price has gone way up. His role is actually like kind of the same that I always thought it was. I would rather flip these now for profit. Like I, that's so, that's where I'm at. It's always about the market in terms of, so in terms of like guys that are, that are declining in value, you know, like, like a lot of these young guys, like a Rondale is a great example where Rondale comes in. I really like Rondale gets the big hype in after week two, I sold off a couple shares. I was like, yeah, well, I don't know. My take hasn't actually evolved that much, but the market sure evolved because he had a hundred yards right now. All of a sudden the market's bad on Rondale. Well, now I'm going to stick to my freaking guns because I still think Rondell can play football. If if the if if he has 110 yards this week on 40% of the snaps because Hopkins is out and he happens to break an 80-yard touchdown catch and everybody vaults him back up in the top 30, I guess I'll be out on Rondell again. But my stance won't actually change on the fire. The market just changes all the fucking time. Anyway, as for LaVisca, look, <laughs> the stubbornness on LaVisca, uh, it, there's no more room for stubbornness. Um, I, I, the guy just isn't good. Uh, and you can have this on recording. This is not a situation where I'm saying he's overpriced. This is a situation where I thought he was really good at football. And my hope, and what I always said about Visca is, as like, I was like, you don't want him in the gadget role, right? The gadget, gadget role is a ceiling. Similar conversation about, about Rondale, right? Like if he's in that gadget role, best he can be is like a gadget player, which is probably a wide receiver three. He needs to get his chance to play outside. Chark got hurt. He had the one great game against Cincinnati. It looked promising. And then he got his chance to play on the outside, and it turns out he's complete ass. Um, he can't get separation against the corner to save his life. He can't command targets. And all of a sudden, you know, the remaining Visca truthers that I see are like, oh, well, he's being used wrong. He's got to get back in the gadget role. It's like, come on, guys. Like, we, we didn't want him in that role before. We can't say we want him back in that role now. I mean, do I think Jacksonville uses him smartly? 
Obviously not. Jacksonville doesn't do anything smartly. However, he got the chance to actually play alpha wide receiver and he wasn't good at it because he's not good enough at it. And so as far as Visca goes, I'm out on Visca. It's very sad. I loved him since his sophomore year at Colorado. I thought he could play alpha wide receiver. He can't. It's time to move on. I'm officially out. There's nothing that Visca can do. Well, I mean, sure. I guess if, if Visca goes, I wouldn't say nothing alpha, because sure. Houston and Jets are up next. The next two games without, and he's going to have two yeah, and, catches and, for and you know, and, and the best thing Maybe. he's going to do is, and the best he's going to have seven catches for 42 yards. Maybe, but I'm just saying that the, you don't say he has more targets this year than he did in his rookie year, and he's only Which six receptions behind his rookie the yards year. per target of like negative three. And I'm just, I, I'm just pointing out some facts. He's only, okay. he's actually only 95 yards away from his rookie total. He could, he could get 95 yards against Houston, and now you're looking at the exact same season. That's all I'm right. saying. The, the issue with That's this rookie season, saying. though, is like the whole rookie season was an extrapolation. Like he didn't have a really good rookie season like a Ayuk or a, or a Higgins or a Claypool. It was like, hey, he had this limited role. He was really productive in this limited role. What if the role grows? And, you know, this year, he's the only data we have is either that the role hasn't grown or when it did grow, he wasn't very good in a different role. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, can you, can you yeah, improve? I was just trying to play sure? devil's, I was just trying to play devil's advocate here. All right, we're at, a, we're at an hour and 20. Uh, hell of a way to come back. Uh, yeah. For sure. We will figure out a schedule. Do we got any last? Uh, what, what's our last sentiments going into the rest of the playoffs this week here, fellas? I'm going to start with Billy. I just want to commend us for after the week that it's been, we went an hour and 20 minutes without saying Urban Meyer's name. So congratulations. Yeah, team. we did true it. facts. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Dirtbag. Pile of garbage. <laughs> piece of shit. Fuck All right, Jacob. After- <laughs> Jacob. Last week. Going in the playoffs, man. Um, I think that the 49ers um, are going to be the key to your playoff success. They have a ridiculously easy schedule down the stretch. They have the Falcons this week. Then they have Falcons. Sorry, Falcons. Uh, then they have the Titans and then they have the Texans. Uh, Mitchell does not sound like he's going to play for a couple of those games, which is extremely unfortunate. I However, this this week. Um, I think if you have Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, and hate to say it, but Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I think that they're all going to make you a lot of money in your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a great call. For me, I just, look, my last sentiment is generally always the same about being a kind person, unless it's to Urban Meyer, in which case he's a dirtbag. Um <laughs> Exactly. Um, but for the most part, just be a kind person, be a good person, be good to one another. But I think in the fantasy playoffs, and this is the most important thing, put your phone down and watch the games. Because if if you're looking at every point in every catch in every league, you're going to miss out on what's actually happening. And the playoffs are the most tilting time of the year. Uh Jacob in 2019 had come over to my place and I had the three or four screens on and we were trying to track everything. But what it really came down to was we were watching Saquon Barkley break big runs and Alvin Kamara break big one, big runs to seal uh, championships. And that's, that's really what's important is you want to see it happening. And somewhere in Texas, I was starting Mike Boone. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. It's it's just try to enjoy the games that you're watching because the football season is going to be over soon. 
So just this is the playoffs. You've made it. You've earned it. Um, just uh, just enjoy it too. Don't let it don't let it just sneak by you. Other than that, like I said, be kind to one another. Check in on your loved ones. It's the holidays. If we don't see you, happy holidays. Stay safe on your holidays. Don't do any dumb shit. Uh, at least enough to get you arrested or uh, you know unsuspecting babies in the family. So for that, me, Jacob, Billy. That's it for us, everybody. Y'all, y'all have a great weekend and happy holidays if you don't see it. Good night, everyone. I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? about playoffs you kidding me playoffs i just hope we can win a game another game